This episode of Serverless Chats is sponsored by Lamigo. This week, Rebecca and I chat with Jonas Bonaire about abstracting stateful serverless. This is Serverless Chats, episode number 112. Hi, everyone. I'm Jeremy Daly. And I'm Rebecca Marshburn. And this is Serverless Chats. Hey, Rebecca, how you doing? Hey, I am really good. Um, I'm just going to jump in without you asking me. My weekend was great. Thank you for asking. You already Um, know what I'm going to ask you. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, a final wedding. And then I went camping in Yosemite with my dad during the fall equinox. And um, what a stunning, stunning place. We did some backcountry hiking, slept in the woods for a number of days. Um, I got really smelly. And, you know, all in all, that just means it was a really great trip. Sounds like it. Well, how about you? Well, I was going to say, speaking about smelly, I just started up my bowling league again. So that'll um, do it. Yeah. And now for people who are wondering, it's like it's like a typical bowling league, although it's candle pin bowling. So it's the small it's very small balls and you get three. uh, If people know the rules of actual bowling, this is a very small subset that's like isolated to the northeast and parts of Canada. I don't know why it's weird. But anyways, um, so I've been doing that, um, obviously continuing to do my soccer and all that other stuff. Um, and then, of course, always, uh, you know, in my perpetual quest to try to find the perfect serverless abstraction. Ahaha. Well, speaking of serverless abstractions, we have the perfect guest for that. And I'm wondering if you would want to introduce him. I would, I would love to. So our guest today is the CEO and founder at Lightbend. Uh, he's the creator of the ACA project, initiator and co-author of the Reactive Manifesto and Reactive Principles, and the Java champion uh, Jonas Bonaire is with us. Hey, Jonas, thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so let's start with some questions, first of all, about what is, uh, what is Lightbend? What does it do? Uh, what is the ACA project? And then let's, uh, let's get a quick overview of, um, of ACA serverless, and then we can, we can jump into some of the details. Sure. That sounds good. So uh, starting with, um, with Lightbend then, I suppose. Yeah, I, I founded the, uh, the company about 10, about 10 years back around the open source project ACA. And uh, you know, uh, you know, back then, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I it, it actually started as a as a collaboration between you know me and, and Mark Nodersky, the the found you know the creator of the of the Scala programming language, and you know, Aka was a product. We can talk more about that later, but it's it's it was built in in um, in Scala, and and it had Scala and Java APIs. You know, it's it's sort of a di- di- distributed middleware platform on the JVM, so it. It was, you know, it, and in uh, Scala at the time, you know, was um, was pushing a lot hard, you know, for concurrent programming, and it still, of course, is great. But we were they were doing a lot of work there, so it was natural to join forces and trying to sort of create the next, the next, you know, platform on the JVM for for tackling what you know what what we now call cloud essentially. And it was like it was like early days. It was not, you know, cloud native wasn't really a thing, but. But we were really trying to, you know, build the best platform for multi-core and multi-node, so to speak, distributed systems. Uh, so, but it's been it's been ten years. You know, we've been going through a lot of chapters along the way, so to speak, and uh, adding th- uh, adding capabilities to it. And you know, the latest one is Aka Serverless, um, so that we can you know talk more about later as well. So, 
Yeah, so with, with ACA serverless, so one of the things, and there's been some good buzz about it, very interesting. I'm super interested in serverless abstractions. I really am like trying to find a way that we get more developers to build with with serverless. So ACA serverless talks a lot about stateless, I'm uh, oh, sorry, stateful serverless um, mm -hmm. with this idea of getting rid of the database completely, abstracting that away. So can you explain a little bit more what stateful serverless means? Sure, uh, uh, sure. I mean, it's like it's, it's, you know, it's we've been going through a lot of you know incredible innovation. I think in this in this in the serverless ecosystem in general, the last uh, you know two three years, and it's um, you know adding more capabilities in almost every every aspect of things. You know, from, from all the way from infrastructure. You know, things like K native and and uh, and KDI doing very cool stuff. And you know, developer tools, including you know operational tools like observability and all the things and 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 we start to see more and more products you know being able to be consumed in a serverless way in a way so it's, i think it's clear that that serverless is really revolutionary the, i actually see serverless personally you know as the as the future of the cloud you know it's, it's, it is really the way we, we should build systems we shouldn't have to as as developers you know the infrastructure is so good we have all these cloud vendors now doing amazing stuff we shouldn't really have to care about about the nitty-gritty details of all, operating all these servers and and you know, etc so i really i really think that it's 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 really the the future uh you know that said i i i you know, a couple of years ago, like two, three years ago, when 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 I started getting super excited about serverless, um, you know, when we, I I spent a lot of time talking to our our our, our clients, our, our our existing Aka platform customers, and it was clear that you know a lot of things held them back for being able to move all of their you know bigger enterprise systems to the serverless experience. You know, it was it was clear that stateless serverless, you know, function as a service was was uh, and and I you know was and still is I mean it's is a really really good tool for a, for a specific set of use cases like a subset of everything you want to do you know you can argue about how big for some apps it might be everything you need to do for some it's a smaller piece right. but it is clear that you know there was something missing uh, in order to build uh, essentially any app in a general purpose type of applications enterprise applications and and etc and and. And uh, you know when when we started you know thinking more about it, it was clear that most of the things not all of it but a big piece missing piece was you know that was you know how to tackle state distributed state state at scales you know available state etc and 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 the you know the reason why we decided to try to tackle that challenge is that that's what we've been doing the last 10, 10, 10, 10 years in 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 Arca. and we have a lot of experience working with our we you know we love Fortune 500 customers on trying to solve these these problems. We were just thinking, you know, can can is it possible to take this these distributed system patterns, so to speak, the way how to manage state uh, and and you know yeah, sort of data in general, data in motion, data at rest, you know, you know both these aspects of of state uh, um, and sort of wrap that up or, or dress that up sort of in 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 a serverless dress up and. And and um, you know that's sort of what led to like stateful serverless. I don't know if it's 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 not really a great name because it sounds like it's replacing stateless serverless, but that's not at all the the idea. The idea is just to add more tools to the to, to the toolbox. You know, right. sometimes you need stateless, which which Aka serverless can absolutely do. You know, and 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 many other tools can can do it. But our contribution is adding more tools to that toolbox around 
around data, you know, and data availability, state availability, and state how to scale that, and making sure that it's always consistent, it's always correct, and you don't have to worry much about it. Uh, um, so, so I guess that's what we're sort of trying to bring to the picture, and many, you know, others as well. You know, status, stateful serval is starting to become more of a thing now than like two, three years ago when we started thinking about these things. Uh, yeah, and in so um. Oh, go ahead. I didn't mean no, to cut you off. No, no, no. I was just going to say we can talk more about the, you know, these things in 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 de in de in de de depth if you like. But this is sort of the, the 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 overview. Well, that's about what we're going to do. We're going to talk more about it. Um, earlier in an article, I think just a couple months ago, actually, you called it a quantum leap of value, right? When you get to add a stateful serverless to pre-existing tools that do a lot of stateless serverless. So I'm wondering, you talk about these challenges, right? You say the next quantum leap of value generated by the cloud will come when serverless is able to address the full gamut of applications required to run a business. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering with those companies that you've worked with, you know, you said you've worked with a lot of Fortune 500 companies and really people all over the map. Um, where and how do you see them experiencing some of those challenges today? And then what did those challenges that they had? How did it inform how you built Aka Serverless? Yeah, that's a great that's a great question. You know, um, I don't know if we should first talk about what what Aka is and why people gravitate towards that. Uh, does that probably we should probably uh, add that context. Uh, and and in, you know the what Aka is really trying to do and is is to pre, is is to you know through uh, building a platform on top of what I think is one of the best abstractions, actually the best abstraction for distributed systems, the actor model. The actor model, you know, is like since the, is like a model since the seventies. It's been used, you know, in very successful in many different, you know, more more specific situations. Like Erlang, for example, is like this obscure language that Ericsson be, have been using to build, you know, extremely reliable telecom switches, for example. And then, and and it, and, it's, and it's starting to creep up. You know, you now you have Elixir is starting to become more, and there are web frameworks on top of that. That's, so it's starting to become a little bit more mainstream, a little bit a little bit here and here and there. But when I when I started Aka, you know, the actor model wasn't really that much known. It was like not 2009, so it was about 12 years back. But 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 that, that was the, like the, the best foundation I could I could I could I could have for building uh, uh, a platform for distributed systems in, as well as concurrent systems. You know, because I, the way I view it, they are essentially the two sides of the same coin. You know, they have the same challenges if you want to scale out to multi, multiple cores as well as multiple nodes, as well as multiple data centers. I mean, so, so all the way from like inside, so distributed systems in a way, if, if we, if I may get a little bit geeky, you know, within the actual server, because if you have multiple cores, you essentially have a distributed system within within the server, all the way up to the larger scale, you know, it just, I mean, the distributed, sorry, multiple data centers. And having a single abstraction, the, you know, actors and message passing, and 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 it's sort of that encapsulates state and behavior, and I'll get back to that why I think that matters, you know, in serverless later, you know. But, but having that sort of abstraction and and working with with uh, with message passing as a first class thing, you know, including you know having a really good way of managing failures that is very honest, you know, uh, instead of trying to hide things like many 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 distributed systems, you know, like EGBs and core core by, and you know, many try to sort of hide things. But the but, but Aka and the actor model really tries to make it explicit and making it making it uh, uh, very 
honest in a way, you know, to the challenges that we have uh, when we embark on building distributed systems. Uh, not, you know, so you have the only, so the only complexity you have in a way is like the actual essential complexity and no accidental complexity, if that, if that makes sense. Uh, uh, so, so, so we built this, this, this platform around these, these, these premises folded in streaming quite you know soon afterwards you know to tackle like fast data type of problems and 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 you know it was it was it was clear that the you know the, a lot of the customers that went sort of gravitated to us were like these really large large uh, 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 you know fortune 500 companies that have systems that can never ever stop you know they had immense levels of scalability and and which was not actually honestly that that common, you know, back in 2012, 2011, 2012, when we when we when we started, but with the with like the emerging of the cloud, it has really become extremely common. Now, uh, when you deploy apps to the cloud, you know, you, you actually don't know if it's going to be, you know, you know, quite rapidly hit with 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 like you know hundreds of thousands of requests if if, if you're successful and you have the ability of scaling out. But like ten years back. Having having this like uh, this this farm of, of servers on premise was quite was like um, quite expensive and 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 you know quite quite uh, uh, it's like more for the bigger systems or bigger type of, of uh, bigger customers I would say, uh, but so 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 what we really try to do is is since it's like the needs have become more and more common to actually stay always available, never ever crash, you know, to, 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 to gracefully scale out and up and down, you know, for efficiency reasons, et cetera. It's been clear that, you know, that the platform we built for Akai was actually not just for the bigger system, bigger guys like Starbucks and, 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 and you know, and, and like and, and HP and some of the other systems, ING, you know, Capital One, some of our larger customers. Uh, but it's actually started to become something that everyone values, and it's, it's important for everyone when they deploy to the to the cloud. So, 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 and and it's like, it's been also clear that that even our even our Aka platform is now actually deployed to mainly to 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 the cloud. Uh, we have like seventy five percent of our customers actually building things for the cloud, but they're still struggling, honestly, you know, because they're struggling with the infrastructure of the cloud and they're struggling with with, with like pulling all the pieces together and operating it and 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 all of these things because you know st stitching it together even even though you have great tools and I really believe the Vaca platform is a great platform to doing that it's still it's still challenging. And that's the reason, you know, why we sort of try to move all of this great stuff, all the, you know, scalability and availability and performance, extremely low latency, up into the cloud in a sort of serverless dress up to make it available for, ev for everyone, uh, more or less, in a sort of pay-as-you-go uh, um, way. Yeah, and I, and I really yeah. love, I actually love how you said um, sort of this honesty of distributed or that distributed systems need to be honest, right? So you get all these companies that start moving to distributed systems and they have to accept this change from reliability to resiliency, right? Where they now have to just embrace failure as one of those things that's going to happen. Um, and I love that term, you know, just keeping it honest, right? Like try, don't hide things. Like if a system's down, react to it, find a way to, you know, have a resilient way to deal with it. But, um, but don't just, you know, try to keep everything up 100% because that is never going to happen in a distributed system exactly exactly and I, and I, and where I where I think that pays off most is around 
you know how you deal with 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 failure because right. if 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 all you, if you if you're optimized for your happy path so to speak you know where everything is working well it's like beautiful abstraction everything just works but as soon but as soon as things start to fall apart if your abstraction doesn't expose failure it doesn't have a way to work with failure i mean it's almost game 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 over you know uh, but instead of if you're sort of I, I, you know, I've sometimes, I'm sometimes called about, I like talk about it as like embracing the network and all the, all the sort of intricacies and all the, all the, you know, shortcomings of the network. Right. If you bring that into the programming model, sure, it becomes a little bit more complex. It does, but it's, but it's in, it's, it's essential complexity because having that in your under your fingertips, you know, means that when things go 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 south, you have actually taken, you have control over it, and you can actually manage it and 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 sort of manage failure you know as part of of, of the programming model uh, um, so 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 you know that has served us really well and for us that has served our customers extremely 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 well so yeah. so you you talked a lot about scalability or you know being able to scale out gracefully and one of the ways that you do that with ACA serverless is by deploying on top of kubernetes right mm -hmm. so could you explain a little bit more about like what what is the scaling characteristics of this and how and how is that sort of managed um you know for the user yeah yeah so 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 you know this is we have sort of an, an unusual way of, of, of dealing with, with with scalability since we, we don't since we actually trying to manage distributed state you know and 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 bringing in state and we can talk about why why that matters you know later we can I don't know if we can talk about why actually why it matters. Uh, you can talk about it right first, now. Before I we think the why is pretty meaty. Yeah, the yeah. why is important. Yeah, let's go with the why. How you know I, I was I was just thinking. Uh, you know, you know, I, 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 I think that you know the reason why I think it matters is is that you know there's everyone knows that there, there, there's a ton of, of of value you know in data today. Most of the value is actually in the in 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 data, and and a lot around is it like it's actually getting getting intelligence uh, you know out of data quickly. And 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 when 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 applications are deployed on onto the cloud and you have you know thousands of extremely impatient users, you know users usually expect to get intelligent answers back quickly. Th that means that you that the systems need to be able to process data almost like less like like flies by in in quotes, you know. I mean sort of just, just grab it on the fly, do intelligent things with it sometimes you know, like merging, transforming, and enhancing data streams can, can be, you know, but but regardless of how you do it, to like mine value out of data in, in real time, and 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 you know the it's that's really really hard to do if you always need to put your data somewhere else. If you always put have to need to like if 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 you if you if you sort of change it, you always need to store it down in the database somewhere else. Often with a network, you know, in between. Sometimes and there's even you know there might be an, even in in another data center. But but it's it's there's a lot of latency over to putting data somewhere 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 else. And when you then need it, you need to go and in, in, go and fetch it and like pull it back into into context where it's where it's where it's needed. So so you know so here data locality is extremely important. If you, if your data is always right where it needs to be whenever you need it, wherever you happen to be, you know, then then things are good because you can just use it and you can and, you, and there's actually zero latency then. That's not always the case. You know, there may, might be some 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 loading that needs to be done, and 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 so on, of course. And there might be sort of 
migration of components and then there might be have to be rehydrated and things like that but in the in most of the cases if you if you have an efficient and and good platform that understands state it can actually make sure that your data is always where it needs to be whenever you need it even before you need it you know so 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 to speak it's always right in process it's always right there next to the processing so 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 uh, and this is really what what we're trying to do and i think this is one of the key things about you know stateful serverless like bringing bringing state into the application into what we you know entities we talk about entities instead of just having sort of snippets of code so to speak which is it's a really nice thing and i like that people you know the way people talk about it in in, in serverless because it it points towards simplicity but sometimes perhaps too much simplicity because snippets of code doesn't really have semantics around state it, it, it doesn't have any semantics around what does your data model look like and mm. how, and 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 here I think it's often meant, you know, sometimes at least, you know, I shouldn't be too arrogant, but sometimes, you know, it's useful to think about about it as in in terms of entities, I meaning entities being having a data and data model, some sort of you know schema and understandability around what data means, what semantics that together paired with 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 the with the, with the, with the processing. And 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 you know, and, and if 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 one of these entities need to be migrated, it does it as a whole. You know, state and processing moves around with it, and and this can give you a really good you know foundation for extreme low latency, especially you know if you if you start thinking about moving things out to the edges. You know, right? And and, and I'm not talking about actual edge here, like the actual devices. You know. Um, um, that's you know the, the the ultimate edge, but 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 just you know sort of start leveraging many many like point, points of presences, having sort of edge clusters in a way, right. and pushing things out to where the users are, you know, then it's extremely useful to have the state come along with the with the with the with the processing and being able to do all everything that's needed almost you know out there. Sometimes there might be some 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 fancy query or some fancy computation that you don't have all your data for, and then you fall back to the more, more central cloud, or you might bring in state. But but let's say like if you can do eighty percent of all the of all the of all the processing with state you have right there, you know, then you can do then you can serve a lot of very new cool use cases like like in the consumer and in, industrial IoT, for example, and you know real time financial services, factor automation. You know, telemedicine and, and like internet-based gaming. A lot of these thing, cool things that have really low latency guarantees, uh, uh, can then be sort of used in a serverless dress-up. So, so, so this is you know how I'm thinking about the problem and how what we're trying to bring to the picture. Uh, now, now you sort of asked how we do scaling and things like that, and and here is where things become a little bit different or a little a little, a little bit more complex because. <clears throat> Or if all you have is stateless services, then it's very easy to scale. You can right. you can like in two in like two seconds like bring up one thousand instances, having a load balancer just redirects everything to, to them, and then into all these new instances, have them run for a while, and then you can sort of just kill them all, and 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 it's and it's just fine because state is somewhere else. Uh, so that's a benefit of of, of of stateless scaling. You have, you have like scaling is almost free in a way. Right. When you have, when you have state, it's not that easy because because it's more it's more first is more is more complex. You know in in how in how you manage it, but it's also a lot more expensive to scale out stateful components because then you need to replicate the state and into, you know state goes along with the with the with the processing. As I said, so we can't for example use. 
vanilla k-native autoscaler because it's simply too aggressive for for stateful needs not really meant to be used in a, with stateful components like this and and we actually tried for for a while and we worked with the k-native team and they they're extremely open but everyone's busy on what they so it wasn't the, like top of their priority back in the day so we actually backed out and 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 implemented our own autoscaler that is more understands you know state is less aggressive and try to be more smart mm-hmm. but 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 the heavy lifting is actually not done by that autoscaler that just spins up instances but it's actually done by Akka and and and, and the module in Akka called Akka, Akka cluster where we actually are you familiar with Dynamo DB, for Absolutely. example, and, and, oh, and yeah. React and Cassandra? They all they all use this this model of of, of a node ring. So they they put out all their all their uh, in, in sort of all the servers in, in sort of node ring, and they have you know, intelligent repl- replication in, in 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 how things can uh, uh, be replicated across the cluster. We use exactly those algorithms in Akka cluster. So we sort of lay out all your servers in an Akka cluster node ring. So to speak, and we right. use in, you know intelligent repl- replication um, uh, um, ac- 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 across uh, like shards across. So we actually shard your whole data set, uh, and of course we make sure that you know a shard normally spans multiple nodes. So you have fallback, you know, mm-hmm. can span three, five, seven nodes. But 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 we sort of shard it out across the whole the whole the whole cluster, and that means that when when we uh, when you create an entity. Then, then it's actually placed on the shard where the data lives, including be will be run there in, in in terms of processing. And 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 let's say that you resize the cluster because because the, there's you know some there's a lot more load here. Then the autoscaler may will make sure that that that, that, that this whole node ring is like is like like sort of scale scale scaled up. And then will then and then there will be more more nodes and available power to be used. And then we sort of starting to reallocate these shards across this this node ring to, until you have some sort of even distribution, and all this like is happening under under the hood. Same thing, of course, is equally important if you want to scale down. Like if if you don't have that much load, then the cluster will will detect that and automatically like resize itself so you can conserve resources, you know, money and and, and energy and all of these things. So 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 it's sorry, 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 it is sort of a dual approach. We have a cluster doing all this cluster sharding and intelligent placing of, of functions, you know, physical placing, so you get co-location. And then we have, you know, the the little bit more more intelligent or I wouldn't say more intelligent, but aware of state. A load balancer that works in concert with with that. Right. Yeah. So no, I'm, good... Yeah. So Sorry. I'm curious. I'm curious about the the intelligent um, uh, sort of pl- you said the intelligent routing of data, also sort of this intelligent placement of functions, co-location of functions. So is that something that the system does, where it says, okay, these five functions or whatever, these are often communicating with one another somehow. They use similar state. Maybe the entity design pattern really helps because you can say these functions access this type of entity, so I only have to replicate so much data to these nodes or so forth. I mean, is that sort of the thing you're doing or is it, I mean, is, is that is that the type of optimization? Is that some, and if not, is that somewhere you want to go? Yeah, it's both, I say. We do some of that, but we, but we have a lot of work, you know, you know, it's an, it's a never ending story in terms of, 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 of work here, how we can make it more and more intel, intelligent. Uh, so uh, yes and no, you know, I, I think, uh, there's definitely a lot of interesting optimizations we can we can do here, 
But we, but what we have is actually what our customers use in the Aka platform on premise and in the cloud. You know more, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, and have been used the last ten years and is working quite quite well. So, but we're never done, of course. Of course. Hi, everyone. I want to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Lumigo. We've talked a lot about observability on this podcast, and if you've listened to any of those episodes, then you know that it can be difficult to achieve serverless observability with traditional approaches. Though serverless comes with many opportunities and advantages, it also has some unique issues that some tools just aren't able to address. And those issues really need something meant for serverless environments. That's where Lumigo comes in. As a serverless-first monitoring platform, Lumigo lets developers quickly and easily find and fix errors and performance issues while also giving you an end-to-end view of the entire transaction across services and functions. All of the debugging information you need is conveniently in one place, and you're able to set up alerts so that you know what's happening and how it might affect the user experience. Lumigo also knows how to play nice with your existing tool chain, enabling you to send alerts to email, Slack, Microsoft Teams, Ops Genie, and more, and can also create tickets in JIRA straight from the issues page. Thanks to their automatic distributed tracing, it only takes four clicks to set up Lumigo with no manual code changes necessary. Sign up for free at Lumigo.io. Okay, so I think that we know, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that we know three things about how Aka Serverless scales, right? And like how this data persists and how it scales. One is Aka Serverless is built on Aka. Two is it uses a high performance distributed database for data persistence. And then three, and this is the one that I saved the best for last, um, that might be a leading um, hint into the question that I'm about to ask you is Aka Serverless leverages Kubernetes under the covers to handle co- container orchestration at scale. Um, I'm wondering if you know using Kubernetes to power stateful serverless applications, mm-hmm. should we pull the thread around like that purest vernacular, right? And like, can you have Kubernetes and serverless in the same sentence? And what I'm wondering if you've had conversations around that, um, around using Kubernetes for serverless applications and whether or not people have um, wanted to antagonize that idea. Yeah, I mean, we we do it very successfully. We I mean, Kubernetes is 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 really serving us extremely well, and and you know we've been we've been we've been trying to 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 get into. We actually, two times we 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 ported over ported over. We started bringing in you know the all the good stuff done in the with K Native, you know that sits on top of Kubernetes. You know, if not everyone knows, uh, and and um, it's not, it hasn't really been there, and and. And uh, it's not the, the Knative team's fault, I have to say. You know, they've been extremely open and and would, and would love us to you know help out and 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 are super interested in in the ideas that we have. It's just that there's just so many things you can do now, and we now we're being really focused on shipping this platform. But I but I think you know I'm pretty certain that we will get back to to Knative and 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 start leveraging that leveraging that more more and more uh you know along the way because this is some really interesting work being being done there so so uh, so so in short you know we've been extremely happy running on kubernetes and and that also makes it very easy to port you know now we're running on gcp only because you need to start somewhere but we we are you know currently you know working on 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 porting it over to be become multi-cloud and perhaps even 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 you know being able to wrap it out in 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 private clouds you know and 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 and, and running on generic sort of infrastructure you know if that makes sense it's makes that easier 
uh, of course. So. so does that sort of like dovetail into that idea of essential complexity versus accidental complexity in terms of when you evaluate something, you're like, okay, is this essential or accidental? And you're like, Kubernetes is actually an essential, well, I would say it's less complex, but that's something you're choosing so that you can have the essentialness rather than the accidentalness. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, of course, if you really want to optimize everything from the ground up, if I had like unlimited amount of time, it would be fun to to build something without Kubernetes. You know, be, being in control of everything from 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 the from the heart from the metal all the way up. You know, but but <laughs> but but I don't have. You know, we're all have a limited time, and and Kubernetes has is, has done an amazing job abstracting a lot of these complexities. Same thing as Akka's really try, really done a great job, in my opinion, if I may say. You know, in abstracting, you know, some of the of the programming model and ab application level uh, complexities in in terms of dis in distributed systems. So I think building Akka serverless on top of these two Kubernetes, you know, and then Akka on top means that Akka serverless itself is actually not that much code, to be honest. You know, comparatively, it's 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 mainly evolves around bringing all the pieces together providing SDKs for any language. You know, that, I mean, we haven't talked talk, talked about that, but that's a given, you know, that Akka serverless is not Java Scala only just because Akka is it. We we provide that. We have SDKs for almost any language that you would that would you that you feel that you that is, that is popular out there, you know. JavaScript, TypeScript, you know, Python, C sharp, you know, Rust. There's a long there's a long list go, of course. There's a long list of 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 of, of um, so, so most of the work have been done in two areas, you know, is it's, it's bringing everything together in, in, in this sidecar architecture, you know, the proxy architecture sitting next to your app and the SDKs uh, exposing that to the outside users. So. Yeah. And I think, I think you're right. I mean, the, the abstraction piece of it is where Kubernetes comes in, where it's like there's all that complexity of the cloud. Uh, Kubernetes adds a ton of complexity in and of itself, just managing it, but it reduces that complexity then when you you implement it, and then you build things like Knative or OpenFast or any of these other things that then run on top of that that are another level of abstraction. Um, and again, you know, as a, from a serverless purist standpoint, if you got to manage the Kubernetes uh, Kubernetes infrastructure yourself, it's probably not as serverless as you would like it to be. But when someone else is managing that, then all of a sudden it sort of changes. So um, totally get the abstraction thing there, um, and agree with you. I'm, I'm just curious about abstractions in general and and how 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 you think Akka Serverless fits into this sort of paradigm where um, you know you talk a lot about the limitations it removes, right? We and this is always something we try to do, like okay, well now you have state in your serverless applications, that's great. You, so now you can build other types of applications. But I'm curious, looking at it from the other side, I've built a lot of abstractions in my day. I've used a lot of abstractions, and abstractions inherently also add limitations sometimes. So are there limitations that this adds? I mean, whether it's operationally when somebody has to manage this, um, or maybe even this is the developer workflow are there are like are int or, or does your abstraction add any limitations not necessarily that they're a bad things sometimes limitations can be called constraints which are sometimes good um but yeah. i'm just curious if 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 that's something that that you've addressed or or you think yeah about. absolutely that's, that's a great question and 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 one that's you know i've been thinking a lot about that's important to me and i i i, I think that you know aka serverless is is or the opposite of Akka in a way, when it comes to that, you know, Akka is like, it's like this perfect toolbox for the 
distributed system geek. You can do anything you want, anything under the sun. You know, everything is there and it like composes nicely. And, and but it also means that it's, it's like, this can be overwhelming to a lot of users building these type of systems. That's why we, we sort of reach for a more constrained, if that means, or limited, if that's more guardrailed approach, you know, right. where you can actually not, you can't do everything that you can and that you, some people might want to do, but we, but we, we settled on a, on a set of abstractions that we think can solve most of the use cases, but in a way that simplifies things, like having one way of doing things instead of five and having having a set a specific set of of, of ways of looking at state you know we have, we haven't talked about what it what it what it looks like in in, in terms in terms of, of actually building something with like a serverless but we have the notion of state models we now have sort of three state models we're, we're probably going to add more 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 in the future and they all they all have different semantics they all have different you know guarantees and 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 because I don't believe in one in, in one size fits 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 all. If all you have is a if a SQL database, then you need to pay the price of of strong consistency, always. You know, even if you don't need that, it's quite wasteful. But you know, that's that's the reason why almost on all non-trivial you know systems out there, enterprise systems usually use a lot of different databases. You have a no, 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 no SQL database, and you have a uh, um, you know, like a SQL database, you, you have a graph database, etc. Right? Because 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 it's it's, it's just no really no size fits all. And I think that having since we have state first class in the in the, in the programming model, having a way to to define your domain state, sort of just annotate more or less it declaratively. We do that in Protobuf, but we haven't talked about that. But we sort of, you sort of define a schema for your domain state. Here you can sort of annotate simply what kind of what kind, what, 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 how that state should be should be viewed, and what kind of semantics it should have, and ultimately that will affect you know how it's replicated, how it's stored, what consistency it guarantees it has. So it's like it's like a little bit of guarantees or consistency a la carte in a way, and and you know that's of course liberating, but you only have three. You know, so you ask, I mean, we if we, we 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 might add more, but you have to work with what with what you have still. And when it comes to processing, you know, you have the function essentially, and that's essentially the way you look at it. And you have events in and events out. So that's all. And of course, we have also gRPC, so you make a gRPC call out, but it's still fairly limited. And and but it's it turned out to be a great this function abstraction. You know, is one of the reasons why why I think serverless has really taken off because it's so simple. You have state in, and so you have event in and event out. And the only thing really, if you look at it from that perspective, that we have added. Is that instead of just having event in, and you don't need to care about how the event ended up in your function, and then you emit the event when you're done, we we view state the same. So you have a state coming into the function, injected whenever you need it, and when you're done, you just emit it. You know, so 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 there's a duality between events and state in in our model, right. which is is which, which simplifies things, but is also quite constraining in a way because you. Your, your state is only handed to you and you can only emit it. You can't do anything else. But I believe that can be liberating when it comes to cloud because there's so many things that are so complex and anyway. So. Right. So, yeah, you at the, at the top of our conversation, right, you're like, I do think that serverless is the future. And um, I'm actually going to reference the article because I've referenced this twice. And so I want to make sure that um, Sarah Schlatter, I think is how you say her name, gets credit for um, an article that helped me understand a bit about Aka serverless. Um, 
with her interview with you from Jack's Enter. Um, and so yeah. credit to you and her for that conversation and for inspiring this next question. But you talk a bit about Akka versus AWS Lambda, and it's like, you know, is this the elephant in the room? And basically you say, um, we see Akka serverless as bringing the possibilities of the incredible serverless paradigm to a much broader set of developers who until now have not been able to use serverless for building high performance business critical applications. And so I'm wondering if you can walk us through a few examples of high performance business critical applications that do require state where like this now, Aka serverless now allows you to do this so that maybe it opens the minds of someone who's listening being like, oh yeah, that is exactly the way I would want to use that. And now I see where that's going. Okay, sure. I mean, it's, it's uh, it's of course a complex question that ideally would <laughs> I would I would like to have a, a whiteboard or something, but but uh, to walk you through. But but in in just uh, you know superficially, and I I I really think that you know one one for example really excellent use case for for this I believe is 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 the digital twin pattern in in IoT where you where you sort of want to map a. A, a you know some sort of device in the cloud uh, like a, like a physical representation of a, of a device in the cloud and and having that because because you know the devices are naturally you know sort of bringing together state and 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 and, and processing so it's it's a very natural thing to do to be able to map this sort of entity that we talked about that that, that sort of uh, but both has has always, regardless where they run, you know, always have their state with them as they as they move around. And having that sort of virtual ent entity mapping to a physical device in the, in the cloud, you know, one uh, uh, um, that's I think that's that that's a use case that that fits that that world perfectly. And 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 often that is paired with with some sort of real time streaming. You know, you have you have you have you have sort of so streams between these two and 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 streams between these 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 devices and things like that and and having having the data always in process then is is of course you know ensures that you're able to do this um you know sort of more limited i have to say but often you know uh, sufficient analysis you know, on the fly, so to speak, without having to go back to some sort of backend, you know, running Spark or Flink or like Hadoop or whatever that is like the mining offline, which also has its place, you know, but being able to to, to actually quickly get intelligent answers back <clears throat> and uh, uh, is something that matters a lot in these type of IoT devices. Um, you see some of the some of the same needs when it comes to like real time financial ser services, and I uh, here here I'm drawing a lot of a lot of you know uh, experience from from where people have used Akka now in the cloud, mm -hmm. and 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 our goal is now to actually enable all of our ideally all probably not actually all but most let's say you know of our customers to eventually be able to move to Akka serverless in the cloud with their full complete application and not losing much. Instead of gaining this this great programming model and being able to have teams use whatever language they like, etc. Uh, um, so so it's, um, it's of course a lot more to be said, but I I um, I hope it was it made some sense. Yeah, illustrative. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm curious too, uh, you know, kind of following up with with that question from Rebecca. Um, you know, so a bunch of these new applications, you know, perfect UK use cases. You mentioned, you know, the uh, you know things like the uh, the twin pattern and some of those sort of things. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. I do think though that there are developers out there who have experience with the cloud, whether it's Azure or uh, GCP or or um, AWS. 
and they've been able to build a lot of these applications. But I think we know this is the strife, you know, the, the strife we go through, the, the constant striving for trying to build a better abstraction. Um, I do think that Aka Serverless and other abstractions, even like Nimbella and some of these other ones, they do create, they do open it up to a, a broader set of developers, like you said. I'm curious who those developers are. Do you think those are people that are are just not into the cloud yet, or do you think these are cloud people that just want to make it easier, uh, or is there some classification of developer um, that you think this opens up to, or is this just a new type of developer? Is this just like a new cloud developer, and we should expect stateless serverless, uh, state stateful serverless, just to just be a thing? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, first, I'd, li I'd like to talk about the sort of the composed thing of stateful and stateless serverless. You know, same thing as people you've been using building stateless apps with Akka. You know, that's fine, and we do, we provide a lot of value there. So it's not either or. You know, but right. I, just, I just want to stress that it's like adding more tools to to into your tool chain. But but that said, you know, I think I, I think it, it can actually open up for more of this, you know, classic enterprise backend developers, the, 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 the people that are on the on the, on the JVM, perhaps using Spring and 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 uh, and, you know, and and uh, and Oracle and, and and these things, and and they feel reluctant to move to the cloud. They don't think it it, it can it, it has everything they need. They're super excited about serverless, but they you know they know that they need more than than than. Um, and uh, than what is you know has been offered up to now, I I I, I think I think it can uh, open 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 the door for more average developers, perhaps not the early adopters, you know, the bleeding edge developers that will they can do everything with anything, you know. And as as you said, you know, I, people have built all of these systems probably using 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 lambda and using using stateless serverless and some sometimes with some crazy like so with some really clever engineering but but we just you know but but in my opinion you you very often end up with suboptimal like suboptimal and not, not not as efficient systems that it can be because because if you like try to shoehorn something that's not intended for it in, in into your solution then 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 you miss out on some things and i i believe that when it comes to actual state it's better to use abstractions and tools that are meant for 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 for, for addressing that and and uh, and and I and I so, so it's really like in the name of efficiency and in the name of using the best tool for the for the for the for the job, uh, but absolutely you know I I think it can open up for more people moving to this great new new serverless experience and it it really deserves that in in my opinion it should really be the way we should we consume the cloud as I said in the beginning. Uh, hopefully in five in five five years you know we'll that this is the way we we, we build systems and. And put the hard stuff on companies like Lightbender or like or 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 you know Microsoft and others to to do the the, the heavy lifting and making sure things are up, right? Right. <laughs> and meet and meet and meet and meet your SLAs. So we're running out of time, and I want to get to two more this things. This happened fast. It did happen fast. This was an awesome conversation. And, and I know we didn't get into a lot of the technical details or a lot of how to build an application on ACA service and so forth, but we're going to put all that information in the show notes, all the links, so you can go and you can check that out. But I, while we've got you here, um, you know, uh, what was it, eight years ago or more? It was 2014. So well, how many years ago is that came to math, the math? Math, um, Math is so hard. Yeah, math is hard. Um, anyways, uh, you wrote this thing uh, and, and you initiated this thing called the um, Reactive Manifesto. 
Um, and you right. laid out um, these really cool sort of things. And then you also have this whole reactive principles thing that you do. And we'll put all the stuff in the show notes. But I thought the reactive systems um, or the idea of what a reactive system was and, and what was in this manifesto was this idea of being responsive, resilient, elastic, and message-driven. Now, this is 2014, so this is before Lambda, this is before serverless is even really sort of a thing, and I just, I, I'm reading that document, it seems like a precursor, like a, like a, um, I don't know, like a, the, 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 the spec for building serverless applications, right? Like, it's, you're ahead of your time, um, but I'm really curious, like, did, is that something that, that you felt that the serverless movement and this idea of building message-driven distributed systems and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, again, Lambda just reacting to an event, and of course, obviously, the other fast services that do that. Um, I mean, how do you how do you sort of see that? Is this was that the vision you had way back then when you were writing that document? And I wish I could say yes, I saw this like serverless coming. I, I but then I probably would have invented it, like I said, or writing that 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 document. You know, I, it's 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 not it's not that simple. It's always easier to like to to put one and one together when you look back. You know, right. <laughs> harder harder to predict the future. But 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 you know, but but sure, you know, halfway yes as well. You know, because I I knew where I wanted the the you know the industry to go when it comes to tackling these new challenges. Uh, um, when when building things for you know the upcoming cloud, building things for the great infrastructure you know Amazon started to provide and and others as well and 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 uh, I, I you know the reason for writing it was that it was when I was out talking to a lot of people you know Aka has been around for about five years back then and it was people didn't really understand why and how they should conceptualize about these new type of systems and right. so what I tried to do is like distill it down to to some core principles. And 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 make it easier to easier to 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 grasp, you know, the the gist of it. It's of course very superficial in a way, and that's that's the reason why I, you know, I I I added the other in this document around reactive principles. It goes a little bit more into into depth, trying to explain what reactive systems is all about. But anyway, you're not really trying to give a common vocabulary, having one way of looking at the, at it, so so people can communicate and talk about the systems in the same way. And also, you know, a little, little bit like call for arms. You know, this is what we have to do as an industry. This is where we're going. We better get get like get prepared and and, and join forces on trying to you know invent this future like alan Kay would say so so it's um, that's that's really what it was all about and and uh, i wish i would have come up with with like you know with the lambda serverless experience i didn't you know but that was that, that sort of followed these these ideas i suppose uh, uh, while the reactive systems is more like the groundwork on how the system should should work and how we should design these type of systems well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you more credit than you give yourself because I do think that it was it was very forward looking, um, and uh, and I and I would be surprised if that document wasn't brought up in some of those early planning meetings. <laughs> and Thanks, you're actually you're actually gonna get a second chance right now because uh, it is I'm certainly hard to predict the future, but we often ask a lot of our guests to say like, hey, where do you see serverless in five years? But we don't usually have guests that are actively trying to shape that future of serverless. And so if we were going to predict the future, and perhaps you're going to write another manifesto about what's coming, um, two questions. Where do you think serverless is going? And where do you want it to go? Are they aligned? Yeah, I, 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 have, I have two passions. And I think, I think they, they are aligned. I think we're going there. And I think we have, we have to go there. 
and 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 the first one is 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 around the user experience you know even even the even the even the serverless is this was really groundbreaking when it comes to that you know of course more has to be done around around the user experience and 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 you know the whole tool chain from developer tools you know through the ci tools staging all the way up and 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 and, and also you know around the the programming models that's also part of the user experience and how you actually resonate reason about these these type of systems a lot of interesting work is being done there but i think more work need need to be done and that's you know some a place where we're really trying to 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 think hard what what it would mean uh, I think that's like will sort of make it or break it for serve for serverless unless we 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 make it super accessible. It already is, but you know, uh, I I think we can do even better. You know, and then 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 everyone will not start using it, which I think it deserves. Uh, so there's of course more more to say, but 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 off to the next one I th that I think is equally important for me at least. You know, perhaps and it is, it might be a little bit more early days, but that is the move to the to the edge. And and, yeah. and how how this how this you know the new new type of infrastructure we're getting, is, you know things like five five G for example with the with 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 the with you know the vision of having like like hundreds of like millions of, of points of presences like even now like essentially in your in your backyard where you can have like local groups communicating a little bit more like off. Uh, you know, off, offline, and you know, and having all this super optimization that can be done with five G, uh, you know, being able to push serverless up in that realm, and and having hybrid solutions because it won't just happen overnight. Right. We, we, we'll we'll still have you know old cloud infrastructure, old in quotes, you know, but but you know traditional cloud infrastructure that want to communicate with these edge clusters. And 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 do it efficiently. And and how do you program for that? You know, I, I actually have to have to have to have to. Um... Uh, um, you, you mentioned that there is a very interesting, like small working group. Most people probably don't know about. You know that I've been was been happy to be invited, but it was one of my former colleagues, Roland Kuhn, that, that created this working group around around what he calls local first software, where where like like which is which is also goes a little bit hand in hand with this, but it, it, it comes from the other. You know, view what 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 like what would it mean to build systems where 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 local is the default, and then you can sort of, if needed, if things start to fail or if you if you have incomplete data, then call back to the cloud. So it like inverses the problem in a way, and and it and it uh, and, and where things can go offline and function very very well off the off the grid, so to speak, or offline with no connection back to the to the to the back end. Uh, and um, and I think you know having great developer experience, the great developer experience that serverless has, bringing all of these cool things together for the future of of, of the you know of how we build systems. For I, I think it's super exciting. Uh, I'm thinking a little bit about, about 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 that now. And and Aka serverless, you know, can absolutely go in that direction. But there's just so many hours in the day, so we haven't done much interesting work to talk about. But that's. Uh, that's a lot where I spend my time thinking about at yeah, least there are there are only so many hours in the day um, and yes I totally agree with you accessibility is a huge thing edge computing is going to be huge like you said that offline and that that sync pattern and how what is the abstraction how do developers do that without it being ridiculously confusing that you're you know you've got data at three different levels here and you've got syncing between all those different nodes and so forth um, super exciting stuff 
Um, and I am so happy that we have people like you in the serverless community that are pushing for this type of stuff and trying to make these things better. And it was absolutely awesome having aye, you aye. as a guest, Jonas. Um, so if people want to find out more about you, they want to find out more about ACA serverless and the other things you're working on, all that stuff, how do they do that? Yeah, um, if you want to find out more about me, you know, you can you can go to my website, jonasbonier.com. Um, I don't have, I, I don't update it that frequently, so you probably shouldn't go there. But anyway, <laughs> since you asked. Great uh, plug, uh, Jonas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to know more about Akka Serverless, go to akkaserverless.com. Akka, by the way, is spelled A-K-K-A, two Ks. Uh, uh, so so it's, that's a bit weird, but go to akkaserverless.com and, uh, you know, want to know more about Lightband, know what we do there, go to lightband.com. So lightbend.com awesome uh, Akka is at akka.io you know so i mean and all these i mean from, all these things are cross-linked more or less so i think you can you can you can find your way to whatever you find interesting right and, and then they can find you there. on social right where will they find you on yeah, social sure. i mean uh, j bonier j-b-o-n-e-r at twitter on, on twitter um I beautiful mean, feel free to re reach out i'd love to know what you what everyone thinks about this and and um, you know and, and um, both you know if you agree, and even more interesting, if you disagree, right. <laughs> you know, because that's usually where with good, with good ideas come. Get so, the best feed, get the best feedback that way. All right. Well, we yeah. will put all of the stuff in the show notes, so you'll have all those links in there. Uh, people can find them there. Thanks again, Jonas. Thank Thanks you so I, much. Thank you, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really, I'm honored to be. It, you know, I, I really, I really enjoy your 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 show. So I'm really happy to be to be able to ramble about things I find interesting. So I've enjoyed the conversation. Have a great day. You too. And that's this week's serverless chat. Rebecca and I want to give a huge thank you to Jonas Bonaire for being our guest this week and to our sponsor, Lumigo. If you want to check out the show notes and a full transcript of this episode, you can find them at serverlesschats.com slash 112. For more serverless chats, subscribe, sign up to be an insider, check us out on YouTube and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can connect with Rebecca on Twitter at Becca Odelay and me at Jeremy underscore daily. And if you want to keep up to date on everything serverless, make sure you subscribe to the Off by None newsletter at offbynone.io. Thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to chatting with all of you again next week.